1: Asset Library's Turn the Page podcast. This is Jessica. I am one of your hosts and I am sitting here with my illustrious co-host. Would you like to tell us who you are?
0: Hi, thank you. It's Jen here. Nice to be here.
1: And we are here with an author who um, you are known for many, many books. um, And um, some of them, are they called Pretty Little Liars? I don't know if anyone's heard of them. (laughs) <laughs> uh, it might it might have been like it might have been like a really big thing imagine who it was. <laughs> please tell us who you are
2: <laughs> I am Sarah Shepard
1: welcome Sarah Shepard so we're not talking about pretty little liars today but there are some lies told in this book why don't you tell us um, what we're going to be talking about and where this book came from
2: Sure. So, uh, my latest book is called nowhere like home. Um, and it is not a YA novel. It is an adult. I mean, it's about adults, kind of adults behaving badly. Um, but it is very much like pretty little liars. If you read pretty little liars as a teen, you might like this because there are, um, A lot of lies being told, yes, there are some shaky friendships. There are a lot of secrets, a lot of things like that. And um, it is about a community of women living in the desert, um, trying to kind of give motherhood a go just on their own, um, forging their own lives. And uh, a friend of a friend kind of comes into the situation and, you know, she is realizing it's kind of not all it's cracked up to be that's the basic premise. um but yeah it's, it was really fun to write lots of twists and turns and you know I I it's, it was an interesting setting too because um what mother doesn't wonder what it would be like to just live with your friends and raise your kids with your friends
0: <laughs> yeah I love the setup because um it on this you know I felt the same way as you know the main character does encountering the idea. I'm like, oh my, I would, yes, yeah, that sounds, yeah, <laughs> like like it's it's this sort of beautiful, um, I don't know, like it's it's like if a society worked the way it should, it would happen more, you know, like in you know, right, in a healthy, good way. <laughs> but
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I just remember, I think it was probably during COVID. I think this is where the idea came about. An old friend of mine, we have kids the same age, and sometimes we were just like. We, could, we weren't able to sort of have a little pod together because we didn't live close to each other, but we were like, wouldn't it be nice if like, we just went to a big farmhouse or something and our husbands could go do whatever and we could just like, our kids could hang out and we could weather this together. And I started thinking about that and realizing that this was not only my, you know, I don't say it was a fantasy, but just a, you know, passing thought um and of course then i kind of twisted it um into something a little
0: darker
1: (laughs) so yeah first of all um who i mean who didn't in the pandemic have a fantasy of living in some sort of i mean for me it was like a socially distanced commune um, but in this situation it's a mom Yoon. Now, yeah. um, I did not look this up and I want to talk about Lena and I want to talk about Rhiannon and Sadie and Jillian and all of the characters in the story but um quick question do momions exist did you do research on this is this a thing
2: um so the research that I did were was more about they're called like intentional communities and they are, they've existed for years. I mean, they're communes. So they, and they're all over the place. And, and some of them function where they will kind of take in travelers, often college students to kind of live on their land and work and in exchange, you know, for food and for a place to sleep and whatever. And then some are more long-term like communities that are set up where this is where you live. And this is, we're starting our own little world here. And, there's a whole universe to that. Um, It was more after I started writing the story that I realized that mom means, I think, I think it is kind of, I think it is starting to be maybe a thing where moms like will kind of go and raise their kids with other moms. And I, I mean, I hope it works for them. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I was surprised to see, I think there was a New York times article about it um, that it's, uh they they do sort of exist on a small scale
0: um so I also read that article and I found it so fascinating you know that we're having more and more of these sort of like grassroots like chosen family type around for child raising or for aging or for what have you um but you know what this book kind of like made me think about is that like that does create all these sorts of new opportunities for like what is still kind of essentially like domestic thriller drama but just where people (laughs) happen to be related by blood you know and (laughs) when you are like writing that sort of like tension does it feel like are there differences between writing it between like people who are like friends even if it's super complicated versus like blood relations I hope that makes sense as a question but um
2: you know, I'm trying to think of other thrillers that I've written that have a lot of family tension. I guess I guess I've written other ones that have sort of family tension. I like writing about um friends or sort of people thrown together that become friends. I did a YA series. I mean, all of my YA series are sort of like that too. Like pretty little liars, they weren't they were friends and then they weren't friends and they were sort of shoved back together because of a common enemy. And I wrote another um series called The Perfectionists, where again, they have sort of a common enemy and are kind of thrown together. So this is like yet another situation where people are sort of thrown together and figuring out how to get along. Um, you know, yeah. And I think, I think writing about, I mean, you're kind of stuck with your family. Sure. You can cut them off, but like, I don't know. I think you, with friends, you can kind of choose who you want to be friends with but at the same time it's harder to have hard conversations I think so often friendships are just dropped or you let a lot of things slide where you know maybe with the family member you wouldn't so I think there is a different there are different things that I have to think about um when I when I write about friends Um, I mean I think another thing in domestic thrillers is a lot of people write about relationships and you know marriages and whatever and lies in marriages and this book is not so much about that Um, and my editor it was actually my editor's suggestions to make it just absolutely about friends Um, and not even bring like Lena for example her and her husband's you know, situation and what they're going through into this story very much. Um, so I feel like I just went in a total circle and I don't even know if I answered your question.
0: No, I think you did. And, <laughs> you think, you never asked me. and I think you, you, you landed on what I sort of failed to get at with my question is that like, I sort of, you know, in my head, my expectations were like, if this were family the stakes would be even higher but as i but like it occurred to me later i'm like no somehow like friendship and the sort of like you know uh the 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 fewer obligations that that creates you know like actually the stakes are higher because people can leave if they want to or just you know like i'm i'm trying to articulate something that i I feel like it's a thought i haven't fully articulated and i'm apologize for that oh
2: no no. i think well i think everybody in the community that lena goes to they want to make it work you know it sounds like the dream i mean it's this big house it's in this beautiful land in arizona a little bit remote a a little scary um and you know you you are raising your children together and you have all this time to commit to raising your kids and being your best self and, you know, growing your own food and all of those things to be self sustainable and, um, you know, helping the environment and all of those things. And they want to make it work, but they've all brought their baggage. Um, And like, that was the big takeaway that I, that I got in researching um, these communities. You know, I went on a lot of subreddits and things like that and interviewed some people. And, you know, that's the thing that I found out is like, a lot of people come in who think that they're that they are going to find some sort of utopia, but they haven't often dealt with the things that they're running from, and that was very interesting to me.
1: I think a lot of it, um, you know, some of the things that I thought about, and you find out with um, with Lena specifically. So she's brought into this community. Um, by this woman, Rhiannon, who she met uh, during a very vulnerable time. Um, Lena doesn't have a lot, like she doesn't have a lot of family connection and she doesn't have, you know, she doesn't have a ton. And you know that she has baggage from the beginning of the story. Um, And immediately, you know, like my mind went to, oh my goodness, Rhiannon is bringing her into a cult. Uh, Like you have to sort, because you have to sort of, you have to sort of, Look at these things where you know, like, what what is the what is that fine line between like this is an intentional community and oh my goodness, now all my money is sunk into right. this place, and this leader is telling me who's who's not a leader but really she is is saying I can't leave because there's a barbed wire fence, right, um, right, and then and then but then at the same time there's. This fact that also it is giving these women a fresh start because even though you are bringing your baggage, you're not supposed to talk about your past. And you know, <laughs> almost everybody in this story is an unreliable narrator, except maybe not as unreliable as you think, and trying to figure out where the pieces fit and whether or not this mom Yoon is legit or if this is really a cult, it was part of the fun of this whole story, I have to say.
2: Oh, that's so, that's, I'm, I'm glad you think that. Uh, yeah, and it was, it was definitely, I think there were drafts where I made it a little more cultish, um, and then I pulled back on that because that's not what I wanted to write about. I really wanted to write about the friendship between first and foremost, Len and Rhiannon, and, and like, I feel like I've definitely had those friends where the friend that got away, you know, and the friend comes back in your life and gives this outlandish invitation of like, come to this place with me where like we live in the desert and this is where I live now. And and to say yes to that. And also she is at a desperate point. She's lonely. She's she just had a baby. Lena, this is Lena I'm talking about. She just had a baby. Um, um. You know, she's got her husband, but that I remember those. I have two kids. I remember those early, you know, years of motherhood where you're just like, it's just me, and I wish I had like a whole bunch of people around me to just help me. And I think that she was kind of coming from there. Um, and I just wanted to make it about that kind of running towards this friend and wanting to try to patch up this friendship and figure out the past, and you know make this connection where she doesn't have a lot of connections in her life at the moment. So what kind of person makes this decision to like drop everything and go to this place, even for a little bit of time. So I did not want to make it so much about, uh, like a cult, like an obvious cult. I mean, is it a cult? Kind of, you know, it's kind of, um, but I think, you know, I don't want to give any spoilers, but, um, yeah, it is It is a fine line.
0: Uh, could you talk a little bit about, um, you know, to bring back uh, unreliable narrators and sort of the shifting perspectives? Like, I'm really interested in how that can be used to, like, both reveal information, you know, because, like, you'll shift to a new perspective when you want to learn something new, but you can also do that to, like, hide things, you know? <laughs> so yeah. can you talk about how like shifting perspectives help you craft twists and how it helped how you like parcel out the narrative among multiple sort of views
2: yeah I mean I feel like I mean I feel like with every book it's a little bit different and this one was this one has one particular narrator who writes in she's sort of a narrator um, who writes in Instagram posts who there's a lot of secrets in her, um, in her posts. And she of most of, most of all is probably the narrator where we trust the least, I think. Um, But I think for all the narrators, you're getting kind of a different side of the same story. Um, and you know how that brought them to the place that they you know to this to this community, and it, it was kind of yeah it was fun to show sort of all those different sides, and it was fun to also leave it up to the reader to decide well which one is right. I mean they're all kind of right um, in their own misguided way, um, but yeah that's you know it's. It is hard. It it's hard to plot multiple POVs, especially when it's centered around kind of a single story, which is this is sort of kind of centered around a single incident. Or not a single, just a series of incidents, I guess. Um and I feel like I wrote Lena's character first and then slowly, slowly layered in the other ones. Um because I thought her story was the, we sort of lead with this and and she's the one who wants to figure out this friendship and all those things, um, but the, the one that came, the perspective that came last was definitely the most unreliable and she was probably the most fun to write because, um, you know, unreliable narrators are fun to write. Sort of the, they're like the bad guys, you know, and it's, but it's also fun to write bad guy characters because you you know they it's just hard to imagine like how how can you be doing this kind of like this is so unthinkable but i like getting into the psychology of why they they do what they do and why they think they're acting perfectly reasonable
1: (laughs) even when they're not um so yeah it's it's definitely a puzzle i think that um One of the things I loved the most is the use of social media as the unreliable narrator. Um, You know, so the character, um, I don't think it's much of a spoiler, but, you know, there's there really is in the in the first half of the book, because in the second half of the book, other characters come in and there's another character who I actually really enjoyed reading. But I don't want to say who it was, because if I do, then it's going to add some context to stuff. And I want people to be as surprised as I was that her voice came in. But um, one of the things I really like about this use of, you know, hearing somebody's POV through social media is, you know, whether or not the person realizes it, it is performative. Yeah. Right. Like Jillian is the person who is writing in social media, um, you know, she's the one who's making these Instagram posts and she's all about mental health and wellness and her, you know, getting over her anxiety. But you're also watching, um, you're watching her through both Lena and Rhiannon's gaze, but then you're right. watching Lena and Rhiannon through Jillian's gaze as told to her, how many followers, followers did she yeah. have? Like 11,000 followers or something like that. So, um, you know, obviously it's hard to say how aware Jilly really was of what, you know, how much performance was in this. Or, you know, or maybe this is just how she saw things. Uh, you know, it, it. that's one of the things that I like the most. Um, about mixed media in writing. Um, was that, a, you You'd mentioned, um, you know, that there, that, um, you know, there was a certain amount of fun in putting things together. Was it difficult for you to sort of slip into that?
2: Um, Jillian's, her posts were probably the last part. I knew that, I was going to have some sort of post or some sort of way for her to speak, but I didn't know how exactly. And then I think in writing, you know, and I knew that she was going to be a character who had a lot of social anxiety, was awkward, didn't know how to handle social situations. And that's like an interesting thing in itself is, you know, is that person at the party who's being a little awkward, like, Is she, and sort of saying the wrong thing, like how, aware, or is this anxiety speaking or whatever it is? And I, you know, it is, it is, it is interesting um, to think about. But then I think in in writing, I think I was writing dialogue between her and Lena and, She just sort of it just sort of came out. She just as I was writing, Jillian suddenly said, you know, I have a social media platform. And, you know, I was like, of course she does, like, of course, she has a social media platform because that's how she feels, you know, validated and how she kind of gets out her her frustrations of how hard social anxiety is. And. um, So so then as soon as that, that conversation came about, that's sort of when I knew um, okay she's going to have posts but it is very true and then of course then I went into the rabbit hole of looking at people's platforms of social media or on social media uh, about uh mental health which is very interesting and you know there's whole like subcategories of like introverts just like that is their platform on social media is I'm an introvert and I am not making apologies for it like this is what I am and I'm like oh that's that's who she is and she just, Took her followers on a ride, and and it was sort of like, is she playing up uh, the sort of interaction she has with the other these other characters and making them more into villains because of her followers, or is she or is this an actual way that she sees things? And it was it was really fun doing that, and I also think it, it is something we absolutely see. Nobody tells the truth on social media. Um, I love bringing. I think it's fun to bring social media into the narrative. Not that I am a huge fan of social media, but it is part of our world. And, um, you know, it's it's the way that we, it's definitely a lens through which we see things. And um, so, yes, it was, it was very, very fun to slip into that. Um, and that is how I kind of see her voice. And I feel like I could write lots more posts from her, you know, telling her the, her version of the world as she sees it
0: it's a it's it's a very uh organic and clever way to like portray friend drama i think because it it makes you like a very active reader i think because like this that's what you do when like you are experiencing your own friend drama right like people send you screen caps from social totally. media or from text threads or like you know and like you're seeing all these conversations that you're not a part of and getting different perspectives on them and it's just like it felt it felt very authentic to how like you know when we have debates or conflicts with people now like you have to involve sort of like your real physical presence and also like the you that you portray on on the internet you know <laughs> Okay. So speaking of, um, you know, I was very interested when you said that the social media platform also like emerged organically while you were writing, because I'm curious about like your process, especially like when you are writing twists and you become like known for twists, do you plot them out ahead of time? Or do you often get surprised by your own narratives, like in the writing process?
2: Um, I sometimes get surprised. I want to sometimes you know, like for most things, it's kind of like, all right, I think I know how the end is going to go. And I think I know what really happened. And, but there's sometimes when I will write a whole draft of something and like, this is, this is one example. This book is one example where, um, I think I, the ultimate end the way that the book ends and sort of, yeah, not to give anything away. um was kind of a surprise to me it was maybe not in the first draft and the first draft was more about there was more like husband conflict and kind of just like just a guy and Lena's backstory and just like there were more men in just the story and I was like I don't and my editor and I both agreed like no men in this story this is a story about women friendships this is a story about this is not a story about relationships, or even bad men. Like, I didn't need to write that story. It's it's way more interesting. I think friendships are are way more interesting um, than just a bad guy and somebody's. You know, I mean, they're all all, all stories are interesting, but um, so yeah, it, it was a bit surprising. Now, some of my other books, I will really plot out, and they will end up as I, as I kind of plot it, which is always like, also sort of surprising, like, okay, well, because you write an outline, and often in an outline, you know, it looks great as an outline, and then you try to write it as a book, and it's not great. Uh, It doesn't make any sense. So um, it's, you know, it's, it's satisfying when your outline has enough logic to it where you're like that worked out but a lot of times my outlines will kind of fall apart as as books and I have to kind of think okay wait this doesn't what is the actual thing that makes sense here um so um not that nowhere like Holmes ending was I mean I I hope it makes sense but like it just was one of those it, it came out of nowhere a little bit even for me too and then I was sort of like oh yeah that okay, that, that could really work.
1: So kind of going on the um, the no men thing, which uh, <laughs> worked very well for this story, um, I did like the very small tidbits you put in about Lena's marriage. Um, I think the thing that I liked the most about it is because you do find out in early on, Lena got married, she had a baby, which is, supposed to be the ultimate goal right you know so Hmm. one might one might say well what does she need to go back to this friendship for because she won because that's what we're told right like you're you know that's 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 the definition of living well for a woman you're married and you had a baby um but i did like the complicated background that you did manage to weave about um, Daniel and Lena's relationship, because it did feel very real. And, um, you know, just the fact that she would be interested in reconnecting with a friend, because you are isolated as a mother and you're isolated as a married person too sometimes. yeah, you know, she didn't seem to have a lot of other people in her life. Um, but was it, you know, did you have I mean you say that the beginning of the story had a lot more marriage stuff in it. So you basically so you had a lot of um context as opposed to the subtext in the first draft, is what you were saying.
2: Yeah, I and mean, I think I had Daniel a little bit he was Daniel was more of the driver. For Lena to go to this community, I, I had it as they had a bad marriage. There or there or it was like Lena had a baby, and he suddenly realized he didn't didn't really want to be a father. And as I was getting more, and that's sort of why when Brandon pops up, Lena's like, "Yes, I'll escape for a little while." I don't know. As I was writing, it, I just it didn't, it just it didn't feel right. Um, I think it was a more compelling thing to have Lena be in an okay place with her husband. Yes. A little lonely, a little isolated, um, not telling him everything about her past. Um, but not in a place where she wants to like split up with him. Um, but more about this is a friendship. This is a friendship that got away. This is a person I was really, really connected with and who, you know no matter what she would have said i would have jumped at the chance to do whatever like i you know she had a lot of power in this friendship and then she just left me and i kind of want to figure out you know what happened um and and in a way i think uh, rihanna has more power over lena than even her husband does and i just but i didn't want him to sort of be a a catalyst for her to leave it was sort of she had to make that decision to go. And I liked being even an even harder decision and more at stake for her that she goes and that she has a secret from him because she wants to stay in the marriage. Um, So, yeah, I mean, in the the early draft, he was not as great of, of a husband. And there was a whole kind of backstory about that. But I kind of I kind of stripped that out and made him a little bit Freaked out that there was a baby, (laughs) but as like a lot of guys are, but like very sad that she was suddenly gone.
0: Something that I'm very interested in is like the way, like, you're very good at portraying the way that like holding secrets works in a person's life and affects like their personality and the choices that they make, you know? And rather than like, like secrets, when you keep them, like they don't become small, like they become big things that you have to like kind of live your whole life around, right? And so, like, I'm also, this is sort of almost like a the, a complimentary question to my last one, but when you are writing around this big secret or an unrevealed past for, you know, more than one character I've, even sometimes, like, are you aware of the shape of that secret in its full entirety early on, or does that also take more clarity as you write through it?
2: Um, The main secret I did know early on, because I think the thing... You know, I think this book, I feel like all my books kind of start differently. And this book started with, you know, what would it be like if you went to this, you know, you went to live your dream with other moms and you're live and the person the that you least want to be there shows up. And, you know, that's pretty much what happens. Um so starting with that, I was kind of like, well, why was she the least, you know? why was she lena's like biggest fear and then i had to kind of work through like why she's lena's biggest fear um and so i i kind of knew that but but then there was a lot that went there was a lot that went with it that in the writing i kind of uh got to flesh out more yeah and it's yeah this is i mean that i think most of my books are i start of start with an idea and a kind of a skeleton of an outline and then they become more fully realized as i write them
1: This was so much fun. And the book was super, super fun. I really, really liked it. Um, I, I, it was just like, I I love, I love thrillers. Um, It took me a very short amount of time to tear through this. And I think the readers are going to love it. Yeah, it it was really, it was really great. It was bonkers where it needed to be bonkers and emotional (laughs) where it needed to be emotional. I really loved it. Thank you so much for writing it. Oh, of course. yes. Yeah, it's
2: very soapy. Um, but it was it was very fun to write. And, and I really appreciate your questions, because, you know, for these soapy books, um, people think, oh, there's what goes into these, you know, but there's a lot of thought that goes into books like this, um, and figuring out the emotions. And yes, they go to some crazy places. But, um, you know, I, I really appreciated the kind of that you sort of got
0: where I was what I was trying to do. Right. I mean it's like a circus act, right? Like you're keeping so many plates spinning, right? Like and you have to pay attention to all these plates so that they don't fall before you need them to. <laughs> so it's just very very well like choreographed. <laughs>
1: well, thank you. Yeah, yeah it's a lot of fun. <laughs> at the same time it like it also reminds me of have you ever seen those um experiments online where like there's like people doing a lot of stuff and like you're, you're concentrating on all of the, the act, all of the plate spinning, right? But then you have so, like somebody, you, when you look back at the playback, someone has walked into the middle of the act wearing a gorilla costume and nobody oh, yeah. noticed that that gorilla has been there the whole time. And then yes. you're just like, oh my God, how did I not notice that? And I think that there's a lot of that that goes into these books, you yeah. know, with these twists and turns where you're really like, oh, right. I should have picked up on that earlier. That was there. Like that gorilla has been standing in the middle of this right. act the entire time. And why didn't I notice it? And I think that it's a really skilled um, thriller writer, you know, to put that there where you go back and you're just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> why didn't I see the gorilla in the first place? <laughs>
0: And you know, and why we are like throwing you know metaphors at you. There's also like a, I think a, 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 almost like a a thing of like the, the synchronized swimmer. Right on the surface, it all looks very like uh, <laughs> elegant and like still and smooth. But under the surface, you are like furiously paddling, and you know, like there's a lot of work that goes into that serene performance. So it's yeah, very well done. <laughs> oh my
2: goodness, thank you. I love both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been called a synchronized swimmer before. <laughs> well, we it's
1: the first time, yay. I
2: love this. No, I really, I, I just, I really love these questions. I love the way you're thinking about books and that's that's very cool.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, um, Sarah Shepard, for chatting with us today. And Nowhere Like Home is super, super fun. I hope to read many more bonkers Mm -hmm. books from you (laughs) thank you i mean that that lovingly i love (laughs) no that's fine (laughs) that's my favorite type of thing to read
2: good thank you so much it was it's been so nice talking to you
1: all right so uh thank you so much um check out nowhere like home um By the time of this podcast, uh, this book would have been out for exactly, I believe, two days because books drop on Tuesdays. Um, So please check out Nowhere Like Home by Sarah Shepard. You are definitely going to enjoy it. Um, And we are going to close this chapter of Turn the Page.
0: It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode.